Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. For the first people who would share this tremendously good news, their Easter morning did not begin with such a shout of joy. Rather, it began with deep sorrow as they prepared to anoint the body of a loved one lost, a dear teacher and friend. As they walk in sorrow together, three women ask a very practical question of one another. Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Tombs like the one that Jesus had been laid in were cut into the rock of a mountain or a cliff, and a large stone would be rolled in front of it to seal it. These women had witnessed Joseph of Arimathea lay Jesus in this tomb and roll the stone in front of it himself little more than a day before. But rolling a stone in front of a tomb was much easier than rolling a stone away. Once the stone was set into the entrance of the tomb, it slipped into the groove and could not simply be rolled to one side or the other anymore. Rather, the whole weight of the rock would have to be first moved forward, slipped out of that groove before it could be moved in any direction at all. And this would be a difficult task for anyone to do. In fact, the task which could have been waiting for the women that morning was far more difficult than Mark recounts or that the women realize. In Matthew's gospel, we also hear that a seal has been placed on the stone of the tomb and a guard had been posted there. If others had joined the women that morning, they might add to their very practical question, who will overcome these guards? And who would dare break the seal? You also might be coming to this day of good news with sorrow in your heart. Even as we've sang many joyful songs and witnessed such a joyful thing and had such lovely treats and such lovely weather, still the sorrow of our hearts may linger. This is not surprising. You may not grieve Jesus' death this day, but you may grieve another loved one's passing. Or you may grieve the continued work of death in our world. You may have work that waits for you this week that you're really unsure of how it will be accomplished. You may be captured by the fear of this ongoing pandemic and concern that public health restrictions and vaccinations are not protecting you or those vulnerable near to you. There are likely sources of death and decay in your life which cause you great trouble and incredible stones in the way of continuing on in your life like you'd hope to, or stones in the way of the life which would finally feel like truly living to you. You may be asking yourself this morning, even as these women asked on their way to the tomb, who will roll the stone away? The stone not only of Jesus' tomb, but the stone over our eyes and the stone over our hearts and the stone which has sealed us in and kept us in graves of our own. The women didn't need to know about the seal that the Sanhedrin had placed on the tomb or the guard that watched over it or the mechanics of leveraging such a large stone out of its resting place to roll it away, let alone to roll it back again. None of this mattered to them in the end because when they arrived, the stone had already been rolled away. They only had to look up. Now, this is not immediately good news. There's not enough information with only an empty tomb or an open tomb. 
Perhaps this was an attempt at grave robbing, though nothing precious had been buried with Christ. Or worse, had somebody tried to move Jesus' body? What could they want with it, and where would they move it to? Even at the sight of a man dressed in white sitting in the tomb, the women are alarmed. Who could this be? Like many angelic messengers, he begins with consolation. Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He was crucified. That wasn't some bad dream or a mass hallucination. That happened. He really was here, and he has risen. Now, opening the tomb seems like a minor work compared to the unimaginable work of raising Jesus to life again. The tomb had been opened that they might see that he is not there, and more than seeing, that the good news might be proclaimed to them. This is often the pattern of Mark's gospel. As a church, we've been reading through Mark together, and this is our last week with it. And often we have seen that Mark really believes that miraculous signs, they don't promote faith. Many people have seen many marvelous things, but they do not believe. However, words do inspire faith. When Jesus speaks, the kingdom is revealed and some people are drawn near to it. So too, when the gospel of Jesus is spoken, it also bears the power of faith. And we see this plainly here. Merely an opened tomb and a missing body would not inspire faith in these women or of any reasonable person. But along with the sign comes the proclamation of a messenger. He has risen. He is not here. Go tell the disciples and Peter. The proclamation of the resurrection is the most important part of this story besides the resurrection itself. Without the proclamation, imaginations could run wild. But with proclamation, everything is set into context. So too, that work of announcing the good news is entrusted to these women. They're not told to go find others and bring them to see this empty tomb. That's not their job. Though in other gospels, some of the disciples will insist on going to see for themselves. Rather than showing some sort of sightseeing tour, they are simply told to go and share the news. It is the proclamation of Jesus' resurrection, which is still the thing that offers faith to us in our world again today. We do not have an empty tomb that we together can insist that we go and see. And honestly, even if there were some cliff-faced tomb in Jerusalem to marvel at, I'm sure most of us would be highly skeptical of its authenticity. Even if it had been Christ, we could so easily dismiss it being empty as any sort of proof of the resurrection. A lot can happen in 2,000 years after all. Mark's gospel is written for skeptics. It's written for skeptics, and his account of the resurrection takes a far more muted tone than any of the other gospels. Perhaps it's a tone that fits the current season of our world and of our lives quite well. In fact, the vast majority of scholars today suggest that Mark's gospel originally concluded with verse 8. So how's this for the end of some good news? Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The end. That's how Mark intended to end his gospel. 
Because Mark wants to let the testimony which came from even terrified and trembling women and which had reached his listeners' ears through generations of people familiar with this story to be the thing that stirs our hearts. If he were to write that they then saw Jesus, which they did and other gospels testify to, that would have been met with as much skepticism by us as saying there was an empty tomb or a tour guide pointing out this is the empty tomb of Christ would be met with. It's as if Mark is saying to us and to all who will hear it, will you believe the testimony of the angel? And will you believe the testimony of these women? And will you believe the testimony of generations who have come since and said that they too have seen and known and experienced this truth? Because if you will not, then Jesus' appearance to a few more people written down in this book won't matter. A couple more resurrection sightings won't change anything if we're not willing to believe the testimony that's shared. Still, we might think this to be mere fantasy. And these criticisms of the gospel are not new. They were fresh as this Easter morning. In the first sermon which Peter preaches, mere weeks after the events that we remember today, he says that King David, though he wrote beautiful poetry about not being forgotten in the realm of the dead, that King David died and he was buried and his tomb was still there and everybody could visit it if they wanted to. Peter argues that knowing where David's tomb is, that we must see David was not pointing to himself, but to one who would not be left in the grave, one for whom there could be no tomb to come to. And Peter's testimony is not, come and see that there's no body. That's not what Peter says. Rather, he says, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. That's as true today as it was then. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. In the same way, the Apostle Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, makes plain that Christ's resurrection is the central piece of the Christian faith. As he writes, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. And all of this has been given to us by the faith of others who saw and still others who trusted those who they heard from, and so on from the account of those first eyewitnesses to the present day. Words which bring faith, and faith which changes lives. The tomb has been opened for us once more today. Every stone is being rolled away by the power of the resurrection. The stones of fear which kept us paralyzed, the stones of sin, which kept us ashamed, the stones of isolation, which kept us far from one another. Every stone which has sealed every grave in our lives is being moved by no power or work of your own, by no power or work of my own. And some of us may feel confused or alarmed or filled with grief. That was the first reaction on that day as well. And once more, the words come to us, Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, is not here. He is risen. And with those words, we are offered good news. We are invited to realize that by the power of the resurrection, God is breaking open our graves too. That with Jesus, we might step into life as we were made to know it, 
that the Son has set us free, and we are free indeed. As we heard as Rico was being baptized just a few minutes ago, Christ's death and resurrection is the beginning of a much bigger story which has come to include all those who follow in his way. And that's not just about getting to heaven when we die. Our bodies will be raised, yes, we need to believe that. But there is resurrection life which Jesus is calling us out of our own tombs to participate in right now. There is resurrection for us to know today. That having seen that Jesus was raised by his Father, we now know that we can walk in Jesus' way, even in suffering, even in humiliation. And we can see that these things are nothing more than the tantrums of a world that is dying and passing away. And that in and through Christ's resurrection, we are being assured of our own resurrection. That sin and the grave have no power left to wield. Their sting is gone. Their victory is lost. As we, like those women, ask who will roll away the stone, we realize that in Jesus, God has released resurrection life into the world. In Jesus Christ, God has moved the stones that we could never move. As this becomes the known and experienced reality of our lives, we need to invite others into the good news of the resurrection as well. We need to not just show them the open and empty tombs which we were once dead within. We need to tell them what rolled the stone away. Now, like the women who gathered at Jesus' tomb, we have been entrusted with the words of the angel, the words of the women, the words of the generations of Christians who have not just seen an empty tomb, but have experienced the emptying of tombs in their own lives. We have been instructed to now go and say to any who will hear it, Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, is risen. And I, who was dead in my sin, have been called out of the grave with him. And resurrection life is present in this world, and you can see it for yourself. Know it for yourself. Not by going on a pilgrimage to see a tomb. Not that you have to wait to see the risen Lord for yourself, but just by looking up and seeing that the stone has been rolled away. Just by taking a step out of the grave and seeing that Jesus has rolled your stone away too. This Easter morning, if the news of Jesus' resurrection is familiar and comforting to you, I'd like you to consider how you are participating in the still necessary work of bearing witness to Jesus' resurrection in your life to those around you. And maybe that's not where you're at this morning. Maybe you're still longing for freedom from some grave that you know. This morning you are invited to hear again the good news that Jesus Christ went to the grave to destroy the grave. And having been raised, he invites you to know the power of the resurrection in your own life. Spend some time praying for Jesus to show you stones rolled away. And we'd love to pray with you after the service too, if that's where you're at. And if you're skeptical about this resurrection business, fair enough. Mark expects that. And Mark, the gospel writer, invites you to consider not only the claim of the empty tomb, 
not only the claims of resurrection sightings, but the experience of women who were afraid beyond words, but mustered the courage to share a story too good to be true, and who by their testimony changed the world. Dear friends, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death and giving life to those in the grave. Christ is alive and in his life offers new life to you if you would look up from your grave, if you would see that the stone has been rolled away, if you would step towards him and walk into his light. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We often like to leave some time for reflection, and I asked a couple of questions at the end of the sermon there that I think you should carry with you through this week. So let's just pray together right now, and then we'll transition into the next thing we have to do. Let's pray. Jesus, some of us have seen and have known your work of rolling stones away and calling us out of the tombs and graves of our lives. And so on this Easter morning, we say thank you. Thank you for that work which you did for us. Thank you, God the Father, who raised by the Spirit Jesus from the dead and who offers to raise all of us by that same Spirit. Help us to not just see your work, but to proclaim your work to share words of faith with those around us. And God, you know some of our hearts this morning that we're still waiting for resurrection, still waiting to see our stones rolled away, still waiting for the fruit of faith in our lives. We pray that your spirit would hear the cries of our hearts, that you would come into the graves that we still find ourselves in, that you would take our hand and welcome us out of those dark places into your glorious light. And Jesus, some of us aren't so sure, aren't so sure that there's a God listening to this right now at all, aren't so sure about resurrection and new life, but we're here and we're listening and we're interested. And so we pray if it's your will, Reveal yourself to us in ways that we can understand. Speak to us through your words or through words of others, words that inspire faith. You are risen from the dead, trampling down death by death and offering life to those in the grave. Help us to receive your life afresh this day, we pray. Amen.